0: The following audio is from LifeHouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or at LifeHouseChurch.org. Chapter 1, The
1: Prophecy. Once upon a time, there was a king who ruled a beautiful kingdom, but an evil, horrible dragon, attacked the kingdom, plaguing it with a curse of darkness. The king was heartbroken and determined to find a way to restore those trapped in this darkness. He promised his kingdom that he would return and save them from the curse. But he knew that it would not be easy.
2: Sounds pretty familiar, right? A kingdom at peace until a villain, a dragon, in its own malevolence, decides to destroy that perfection. And why? I mean, we've heard stories like that before. What was his problem? Why would such a majestic creature in its own right want to cause devastation and chaos to a people that meant nothing to him? Well, I don't know what his problem was, but I know about our problem. I know about our dragon. Our dragon, the serpent, oh, he is very real. And he brings very real chaos and devastation into our world. And it would be very easy for us to put all the blame into that villain. But as we see in the story, and as we see in our own lives, the villain isn't always swooping from above, but it's burning within. Our dragon, it didn't breathe fire, he breathed lies. And those lies cost us to sin and scorch our relationship with God. Our dragon is sin. Sin is our incinerator. And it didn't just break us, but it also broke the heart of our king, our God. And this wouldn't be a happily ever after story, but God didn't allow it to end here. And as we turn through the pages, of the story of scripture, the story of prophecy, we see the promise that God, our King, would restore what was broken. He says that if our sin is blood red, it will be white as snow. If it's like crimson, it would be like wool. And even though our undoing was our doing, we would not have to fear the penalty of the curse but would have faith in the promised king. We would escape the dragon's fire only if we would seek the king's forgiveness. Only then we would have the fulfillment of the promise. The people in this story, they longed for that promise. Oh, how long they waited and they continue to wait with the dragon looming from above and the curse of sin burning within.
1: Chapter two, The Arrival. The citizens of the cursed kingdom had begun to lose hope. They felt isolated and lost, not knowing when their king would return to defeat the dragon and restore what had been broken. Just as they were beginning to feel that they would never receive help, a glimmer of light appeared as a knight in shining armor, riding
3: upon a white horse, arrived at the gates. Would the promise of a hero be enough? Enough for a kingdom in despair, in fear, in hopelessness? Enough to give people joy in their moments that matter so much? Enough to lift their heads and their spirits as they look forward to a king that would come and make things right? Or would it not be enough? Would what their eyes would behold be enough proof that their king loves them and cares for them. And if it would be enough, oh, how they must have waited and longed for that day. Then, then the day arrives. The hero arrives. That's right. This is the moment you await in a story where you can't wait for the page to turn because the story takes a turn. Stories are wonderful, aren't they? I mean, I hope during this season you're reading stories to your kids at night, around the Christmas tree, at the table, or maybe listening to stories as you drive home from shopping. You know, Christmas shopping that too often feels like like as chaotic as some epic quest. But you did it. You made it. Yeah, you made it to Christmas Eve and Christmas Eve is that page that we can't wait to turn because Christmas Eve is the story when the hero arrives. You see, Christmas Eve is a real story and a very personal story found in Scripture where the king promised to send a hero to save the day. The story began as a promise, as a prophecy If you go back to 700 BC, a time when the prophet Isaiah foretold of a coming king. He he foretold it to a people not uh, living confident, not in victory, but in frightening despair. And he foretold of a hero, a knight that would come. If you read Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, it reads this way. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. God will show up. God will send you a sign. The virgin will conceive a strange sign and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which when translated means God with us. These words, this promise, this sign, this son written to a people in despair. War-torn and war-afraid. Desperate feeling like God was far away and distant. It's not just that God felt far away and distant. God seems far away and distant at times from you, from your brokenness and from your deep aloneness. And in these moments, emotions and fears and troubles creep in like the dragon lurking in a fairy tale story. And in those moments, in your darkness, in your aloneness, when troubles feel like an evil dragon, God seems far off, distant, nowhere to be found. But the story takes a turn. God shows up and here is the key. Here's here's the moment in this story that we've been longing for that the king of heaven, the father of all sends his hero son, not just a son, the son, the son of heaven, the son of God. And the only response we can have is that we not only turn the page on the story, but we trust the promise. We trust the arrival of the Son. That's right. We don't just hear the prophecy. We don't just hear the, the promises. We don't just hear the sign or hear the story. We let it adhere to our hearts in our darkest times, our deepest hurts, and our most tragic moments. See, when we trust the arrival of the Son, we trust that the Son brings hope. Behold the arrival. Chapter 3, The Prince.
1: When the prince learned about the curse on his father's kingdom, he knew what he must do. As heir to the throne he understood that he possessed the courage and strength to slay the dragon and free those trapped in darkness. He knew that it would take great sacrifice, but he willingly donned his armor, his shield, and his sword to face the enemy, ready to do anything in his power to restore peace to the kingdom.
0: Did we see this coming? That our hero, the one that would save and rescue the kingdom would come from the kingdom. How unexpected that the savior of the story is a prince who leaves luxury and lowers himself in order to lift up his people into the light. And this is the promise that the citizens of the kingdom hope would come to pass for the people who walked in darkness will see a great light. For those who lived in the land of deep darkness, a light will shine. And the song that we just sung is a lyric that says, Behold what light has come, and the dark cannot contain it. The savior of the world is finally here. Just like the prince in the story, Jesus came into our dark and dying world to rescue us, you and I, from our sin. And Jesus knew this truth that in spite of all of the suffering, in spite of all of the evil that you and I would experience, nevertheless, that the time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. No. You see, although the curse of humanity seems hopeless and endless, we can stand on this truth that night does not last always. Night will not last forever. The dawn will break and the cold will be replaced with warmth. That, that is our hope that we have in Jesus. That, that is the moment when the light broke through the dark kingdom of humanity. And this, this is foretold as a celebration of everything that Jesus would be for you and I upon his arrival. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and his name shall be Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And his government and his peace will have no end. There's our Prince. There's our Rescuer. He has the power to defeat the enemy. But wait. Jesus is referred to as the Prince of Peace, just like the Prince in the story, our Savior, knows exactly what it will take for those whom he loves to experience a happily ever after. And so he puts on his armor as a symbol of battle, and his conquest is one of peace. That's right. Jesus is The mighty God, he is the warrior. He is our great defender. He is our divine commander, the one who commands all of heaven's armies. And he goes before us and he is mighty in battle. Jesus is the everlasting father. His love has no end. He is not confused. He's not changing his mind about you and I. He is steadfast and dependable. And he leads us with the compassion, the provision, and the protection of the heavenly father. He's always there. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. He's the wonderful counselor. He's our guide. He's highly regarded and trusted. He's our distinguished advisor. And we want his voice to rise above all the other voices as we seek his guidance in the midst of our storms, in the shadows of our life. And that's right. He is our Prince of Peace. He is the one that leads us with justice and prosperity. May we experience his guidance as we invite him into every aspect of our life and we experience his peace, peace on earth and goodwill towards men. We hear that often especially during this time of the year and familiar songs and scripture reading, don't we? Because th- this is a, a piece that we all long for, especially during the holidays. And so in this Christmas season, as we celebrate through this candlelight moment, what it symbolizes is the light and the hope that Jesus brings to you and I. Just like in our story, our knight in shining armor brought light and hope into his kingdom. And so today, as you join us, from home together in this celebration. Would you grab a candle? And as you begin to light your candle, would it symbolize Jesus illuminating the darkness? And as you light your candle, I want to invite you, would you join us in singing a song of celebration as we're reminded of the arrival of Emmanuel, God with us.
1: Chapter 4, The Promised King. What if a curse is so devastating that the only way to save the kingdom is through a sacrifice? What would compel a prince to rush headfirst into danger, knowing it would likely cost him his life? How could a loving father volunteer his only son for battle that would require him to face a fearsome dragon? As the prince approaches, he realizes that the only way to truly break this curse and to bring light to the darkness, he is to position himself as a lowly peasant, entering the gates in a way that the dragon would least suspect. He blends
3: into the crowd, fully aware of his mission. Only in a fairy tale could a warrior knight also be the prince that eventually becomes the king, but begins as one of the simple peasants. I mean, this story just keeps getting better, and it does. But before it does, it gets much worse. See, we like to relate to only the best parts of every fairy tale. But in real life, we can relate to the tragedies in fairy tales. And our tragedy also includes a real enemy. That's right. Real life has real enemies And our real enemy is like a villainous dragon, Satan, who leverages our worst weapon or our worst enemy, which lives inside of each one of us, which is our own internal spiritual corruption that separates us from our king, God, and his kingdom, setting us up for a forever, far from God, See. Satan breathes fire every time we breathe a lie. He whips his tail every time we strike violence. He steals life every time we steal from one another. The wind of his wings flap as they, as the wind swirls. Every time that we hurl hatred at each other, his talons stab and crush. Every time that we slander and covet. And this work of Satan and sin in our heart sets us up for destruction. But God looked on us with love. The people he loved, he looked at and he wanted to rescue What was God's rescue? Well, Christmas happened. That's right. Christmas is God's response. Christmas happened as a response to this tragedy and this devastation, this ruin. How? Well, Emmanuel, God with us. This king who was first a prince, who was the warrior knight, began as a poor peasant, a baby. That's right. The king let this throne for a manger, a baby in a manger. But that was only the first chapter of many chapters. And we look ahead in the prophecy to Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5, because it shows us that, that God's goal was not to come to man, to become a man, to skirt Satan, or sneak around to avoid the attack of the dragon, but to face the dragon. See, the dragon wanted to destroy us, so Jesus became one of us to be destroyed. He became one of us to take on our fight with sin and Satan. So when you read the prophecy, it reads this way, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed For our iniquities, the punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds, we are healed. See, Jesus took on the cross and death, the dragon's bite, on our behalf, and he died. Wait, the story's not supposed to end that way. Who said anything about this is how it ended? No, it didn't end that way. Jesus laid in a tomb, but after only a few days, God raised him from the dead. Jesus resurrected, triumphant, alive, defeating that evil dragon, conquering death, and hailed as a king. And for us, we respond, What love, what love of God. It's what unimaginable love, the kind of love that's only written about in fairy tales. No, the kind of love of a real God written into a real story that you and I are invited into. It sounds like it's too good to be true, but it's our story. You and I, many of us know this because we are rescued citizens, rescued by the king, invited into his eternal kingdom. But this rescue is for everyone. In fact, I wanna invite you to become one of the rescued citizens of heaven, right? You're not just uh, in our audience. You're not just joining us online. You're not just watching. You're not a bystander in the story. You're invited to become part of the story, that's right. We're inviting those of you in the audience to step into the story, those of you online to join us in the experience of a God who loves you. Can I encourage all of you to close your eyes for a moment? And as you're closing your eyes, I wanna invite you. Would you be willing to receive the real gift of Christmas, forgiveness and new life, and if that's you, I wanna encourage you, if if you're in person with us at our campuses, would you raise your hand and say, that's me. I believe in Jesus, and I want to receive forgiveness in your life. And if you're joining us online, you can click the link, letting us know that you're making a decision to say yes to Jesus. For those of you that are raising your hands, we're going to put a card in your hand. We encourage you to fill that out and bring it to uh, the next steps display as as you head out. But I want to encourage you right now. You're saying yes to Jesus. Can I pray with you right now? Jesus, thank you for loving us so much that you came to the rescue, that you gave your life to give us life, and the greatest gift we could ever receive is forgiveness and new and forever life. We believe in you by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. A king, a kingdom, a prince,
4: a knight. Sounds like the perfect tale just to read before saying good night. A vibrant knight in shining armor to a silent knight where a manger harbored. In the shadow of the dragon's wing, the kingdom was darkened until the true tale now has prevailed. Let every ear now hearken the good news, the greatest news. Those who were wise came as he arrived as the one called the king of the Jews. He grew to become the king of the confused as the elders and chief priests didn't see him as the king of their views. When he entered the temple as king right on his cues, and read the scroll of the prophet, proclaiming himself as the king of the scriptures infused. Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1 and 2, the king read through, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor, those trapped behind doors. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captive and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. All hail our Savior. The year of the Lord's favor is upon us. Let all who seek to be restored to his kingdom now trust. He chose you, he chose me. Not a fairy tale kingdom, not one of make believe, but one that he did make and I believe. I believe that he was the king of the Jews. He was king of the disciples, the James, the Johns, the Simons, the king of the Andrews, the king of the sending them out, the king of the two by twos, the king of the walk on water, the king of who needs canoes. The king of the refused, the king of the accused, the king of the arrested, the king of the beaten, the king of the bruised, king of the abused, the king of the cross, el rey de la cruz, the king that gave his blood, the king of the transfused, the king in the pit of the dragon, the king in the grave that ensued king, the prince, the knight, the servant,
3: the king. King. The king? The king. The king.
4: The king. The king. The king king in the grave that ensued until he became the king of the grave i refuse the king of the break chains the break free the break out the king of the breakthroughs the king of the victory the king of the i will not lose the king of christmas the king that i choose and if you believe today you have his forgiveness his grace his hope for an eternal stay this christmas season Will you share the true tale? Will you share Jesus? The king to a prince, to a knight, to a servant. How compelling. This is a story worth telling. This is a story worth living. This story is giving joy to every man, woman, boy, and girl. This story is joy to this kingdom? Nah,
0: joy